Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Tanner McLean. He's currently the secondary coach, head boys track coach at Lampasas High School in Lampasas, Texas. He's married to Carrie. They have two kids, but more than that, just an incredible man of God. I can't wait for you to hear from Tanner, so let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Tanner. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You bet. So I'd like to start this out with some background information. So if you give the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of where you grew up, a little about your family growing up, and then uh, your family today. Yeah, um, I, I've, you know, born and raised in Texas um, from uh, pre-K through my freshman year. I grew up here in Lampasas, and then I moved to Gulfweight um, with a quick stop in Canton in between. Um Finished up there, went to college at Angelo State for two years and then transferred down to Houston to finish. Uh, Growing up, you know, I've uh, I was in a uh, I don't know how to really say it the politically correct way. A lot of people say broken home. Mine wasn't broken. It was a split home. But they've uh, you know, my family's always done a really good job of of not letting that be an issue for for me. Um, And so grew up with my mom and my stepdad and, and my little sister. Um, and then, uh, on my dad's side, I've got two little brothers that are twin brothers. Um, and so we've got a, got a huge family, um, lots of support through my whole life. Uh, and, you know, growing up, growing up church wise, you know, we were, um, we were a faith-based home. It was probably a little more, um, I don't know really the word for it, casual, I guess. Uh, we went to church and, and, and we did all that. Uh, I don't know that I would say it was like a 24 seven talked about thing necessarily, but, but we, uh, we were Christian. My family, my parents were Christian and, and we grew up mostly in non-denominational churches, you know, like I said, with the few moves that we had, uh, there were several different ones. We went to a couple of cowboy churches for a couple of years and uh, non-denominational churches for the most part. And then when I was in junior high, high school, uh, really, I guess, early high school through high school, it was uh, at the Baptist church there in Goldthwaite. That was uh, the big youth group. That was where most of the kids went. And so that's where I went. And um I was blessed, you know, to be a part of communities where that was the norm. It was it was normal to be Christian. It was normal to go to church. It was normal to be in a youth group and and do all go on mission trips in the summer and do all those things. And so um never really had those societal challenges, uh, so to speak, of of my faith. Um I think we all have challenges personally, but that was it wasn't um outside influences you know and so grew up grew up in sports playing sports family family full of uh athletes and and coaches um so all that just kind of led me to to the path I'm on now so at what point did you decide to pursue coaching as a career um it it's early enough. It's hard for me to put a, a date on it. Uh, yeah. My, my uncle was a head coach in the big country area for, for a long visit Haskell and uh, kind of influence there. And then 
my grandpa 40 or 50 years and and kind of bounced all over the state he's what i called was he was known for going places and and that hadn't been very good in recent years and then getting a couple of once he got a couple of winning seasons you know a couple of playoff trips or, or what have you he would leave it in body that was under him and move on to the next and and so which that that's not necessarily the path I want to take. I'd like to have some more stability for my family than that, but that's uh, that that was his path. And then that growing up watching them coach and seeing the influence that they had on some of their players and families, uh, you know, I just knew that was the platform and the path that I wanted for myself and, and for me to take. So where all of you coached? Um, I, so I started in Breckenridge, Texas, um, with, uh, Casey Hubble was the head coach AD out there when, when I got there. And so I was there for two years, um, and then moved to burn it, uh, which is closer to home. And that was a big move for us, uh, to get closer to home, closer to our family. And we were there for a year and then, uh, coach Rogers, here at Lampasas called me with a with a job opportunity here and we've been here for the last two years that's awesome yeah so talk about you know you're you grew up in Lampasas so talk about coming back to coach in the town you grew up in and then just kind of what it's like I mean because there's listeners outside of the state of Texas and so just kind of talk about maybe the pressures of coaching high school football in Texas where it's just a little bit bigger sure um so coming coming back, um, it it really was a blessing, and it wasn't just coming home for us. I mean, it it is coming home for us. I've got I've got three sets of grandparents that still live here, and um, at the time that we took the job, uh, my wife Carrie was pregnant with with our son Trip, and so we knew we were fixing to have a baby that was going to put us here with with a lot of my family and closer to her family. So coming home was was really really sweet. It's been really really nice. Um, you know, all of the outside football stuff is it, it's hard to beat the situation we're in. And then um, Coach Simmons, Logan Simmons, who we we grew up uh, being being buddies. We've known each other for for most of our life, and he was my best man in my wedding, and and I was his best man in his, mm-hmm. and. And so he had just taken a job here and then I got the job here. And so not very many people get the opportunity to be on a, on the same coaching staff as, as the guy that, you know, you've been best friends for years. And uh, then to add to it after, after we had known for about a month and a half or two months that we were pregnant, they came over and were helping us unload. And then he called me that night and, and told me that, his wife Sarah was pregnant so then we figured out we're going to live two blocks away from each other for a few years and both have kids at the same time and both have and so we're getting to share a lot of a lot of life milestones that are just fun you know it's it's been it's been awesome um as far as the football goes it's uh it is bigger in Texas and and that's not you know offending anybody um it's uh it's different you know and i and i've gone to some high school games and some other in my lifetime and and you know you hear the hype around those teams towns and around you know how it is in that community and then you go and it, this is this is not 
as as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be, you know, and then you go to a game here and and it might be a 0 and 10 football team, you know, putting the last nail in the coffin and every single person in that town is in that stadium, you know, and here it it's uh it's it's always been that way through the good and the bad uh, i've gone to some badger games when they were over and the stands were packed and and it's they travel well you know you've got a home crowd anywhere you go um and the pressure the pressure is whatever you make of it i think it's uh you know you can you can take it as as seriously as you want to or take it for what it is and and I I try not to let any any outside pressure affect us coach Rogers does a great job talking to the kids about it it's it really doesn't matter to anybody other than the guys that are in that room it doesn't matter what people say it doesn't matter what people think it doesn't it doesn't matter you know the the guys on the team the coaches on the staff those are the only guys that really really know what we got going on and and what we have there and that, and that those are the only people that should count for us. And so, uh, as long as you limit it to that pressure is not too bad, but it is, I mean, it is still real. It's there. You lose the, the community dynamic changes, you know, and, and good football seasons change the, that changes the complexion of the school. It changes the complexion of the town and the whole state's talking about it, you know? And so it's, uh, it is a big deal, <laughs> but yeah, but the pressure, pressure wise, it's just, it, you know, however you want to take it is how it's going to be. Yeah. And talk about um, what role does your faith play in your coaching? Obviously it's a big part of your life. And then has there ever been any resistance to it? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely plays a role in the way that I coach. Um, I don't ever want to be that negative force in a kid's life. Um, Mm. and, and so, you know, a big part and I've, and I've had this question asked probably more times than, than I realized as far as how, how do you use your platform? And my deal is, is you, you just, you just live it. You just, as long as you're presenting yourself, um, in the way that we were put here to be presented, I mean, in the, in the way we were put here to live, the kids, the kids feed off that, you know, and, and kids are far more attentive than people give them credit for. And so when you're, when, when you act the way you act, you say the words you say, you carry yourself the way you do, those kids are going to embody that. And, and so, you know, we talk about it all the time in our program, that body language matters. Well, I think, I think all of your language matters, your body language, mm. your, your actual language, your tone, the way you talk to them, the things you say to them. I've, I've seen some kids that are not very good athletes. And when you talk them up and you carry yourself the way, the way we should, they, they wind up going out there and running through a brick wall for you. And I think that carries over to life. I think when they see you acting the way you do, carrying yourself the way you do and talking the way you do, they're eventually going to embody that and, and it's going to make a change. And, and so, um, you know, faith wise, when, when you carry yourself the way God intended you to carry yourself and you, and you are the man that you were put here to be, those kids see that and they want to be that. And so uh, eventually it leads to those conversations, whether you bring it up point blank or not, you know, those kids, those kids know when you go to church, those kids know when you're doing what you're doing. And so if you're out there dog cussing them on the field and, and, 
and mad all the time and negative all the time and always harping them about this or harping them about that never and never giving them praise for the good and, and telling them how much you appreciate them. Um, that's how they're going to, that's how they're going to treat football in life. They, they, you know, when they see you negative every day, they assume you're not happy every day. <laughs> so it's, uh, it doesn't give them much to look forward to when you've got a guy that loves what he does and he's still unhappy all the time. And, you know, just, Faith wise, you know, I, I try to wear things that that exemplify it. You know, I've got that, my necklace on right now. That's, you know, it's just the it's just the cross and nails and, and the fish. But but they they see that's something they see every day and they notice it every day, you know, and, and I've got, you know, a wristband with Bible verses on it. And I've got T-shirts I wear and, and things like that. And and when they see that over and over and over, eventually it leads to that conversation. You know, they'll ask, they'll ask you what that wristband means. They'll ask you what that shirt means. They'll ask you what, you know, you've got that, you've got that necklace on. Why, why do you wear that necklace every day? And, and then you, then that opens the door to those conversations. And, um, and so when you, when you embody that every day, you wear those things and those conversations happen. If they love you, which they should, by the time you get done with them, they're going to listen, you know, and, and even if they don't take hold to it right then, that's a conversation that will eventually, it's just the seed. And when that grows, eventually it's going to pop up, you know? And so it's really just a matter of, of consistency in your faith every day, I think. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. I like the, just how you started that with just living it out. Um, Yeah. Because I mean, yes, we're need to talk about it, but you know, nobody's going to listen until we, until we live it. So yeah, that, that, that's good. So, you know, here we are, as we record this, we're, you know, month 10 approaching 11 months into this COVID pandemic deal. And so it's impacted everybody, but especially, you know, schools and, and athletics. So how did y'all stay connected even as a staff? Yeah. So, that? um, we, we actually used, uh, it's called Microsoft teams. It's, it's, Yep. A lot like Zoom, you know, and um, so we used that, had a few staff meetings on that, uh, you know, and this hit us right in the middle of March is when we got shut down. So it was actually the day after our track meet that we hosted. Um, and so that's also creeping up into our spring ball time. And that is also talking about our installs offensively and defensively that we do with those guys. And so it hit at a pretty critical part of our off season um, as far as that goes. And, and, you know, relating back to, like you said, the, the, the pressure and how it's just bigger in Texas, those that's, that's where you win ball games is, is that point going into the summer. It's definitely not from August to December, you know, it's, it's from December up to August. And so you start thinking about, well, how are we going to keep these guys in shape? How are we going to keep them growing? How are we going to talk football with them? How are we going to do scheme stuff, staff meetings, all that? Microsoft Teams did that for us. Um, We got the kids hooked up on it, and we had meetings with them every week uh, position-wise and screen shared our huddle and watched through film and talked through scheme and did all of those things. And we were a little bit blessed to have a lot of guys coming back. So that part uh, alleviated a little bit of that problem where there was really 
um, about half the team had already done it for a year or more. And so that install time wasn't new to them, but that, I mean, that's, that's the large, that's probably the biggest tool we use to stay connected. Um, you know, and, and we got some equipment out to kids that needed it. And we got some workouts out to kids through social media and, and through email. And we got, so we communicated, you know, by cell phone, picking up the phone and calling them. And, and, and so there was a lot of technology that came into play and a lot of us had to get out of our comfort zone. Cause I'm for sure not the most technology, technologically inclined, uh, human on this earth. So I had to, I had to learn a lot of that. Um, and I wish I'd have taken out some stock in zoom and Microsoft teams if I'd have known this was coming, but, uh, but no, I think it was like that for most of the teams in the state, you were having to find ways to communicate and, and that was the best option. That's awesome. And how did you use the time personally? I say downtime, but I mean, everybody still continue to work just different. So how did you use the time to, 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 to grow in your faith? Um, I, I think that time was good for me personally. I don't even, um, you know, some of it, a lot of it was spent on, on that, you know, on, on growing my faith, but a lot of it was just spent on reflection and, and appreciation and, and that building my faith, you know, um, we get so caught up in, our day-to-day life and our jobs and our, and go, 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 go all the time. And, and, you know, I, I dwelled for a few days, well, longer than a few days there when it ended because we had, we had a really good shot at, at making a lot of noise. We had some really good uh, track athletes that year and, and, you know, everybody kind of knew it and the pieces all fell together the night before we found out we were, postponed you know at the time we weren't even really shut down yet we didn't know that yet but we were then put on a postponement of UIL activities and and we had just rattled off some really good times and we were you know all over some state leaderboards and and so the kids were excited we were excited we knew there was a real chance here and then that happens and so you know, there was those few days, I, I, I call it a coach's morning period when, when something ends and, and you were expecting more, uh, there was that little bit of time. And then you're forced to be in your house for, you know, we don't know how long at the time. And, and then after a couple of those days, it was like, man, I've been missing this. Like I haven't, I haven't been here. Uh, my son was born in the middle of November on a deep playoff run into Christmas. And so I missed a ton of that time there home with him and getting that time home with him. And, uh, you know, I missed that time with my wife as well. And so when you make a run to December and then you pick up track the first week of February, I got a month home with them, but I was still, you know, in the weight room with the kids and doing off season stuff and getting ready for track and doing doing all this stuff that was still taking some time away. And then it forces you to be there in it every day, every minute, you know, and it really, after just a couple of days of that, I was like, man, you know, what a blessing that this is given me, it's given me time with my son, you know? And so it was, it was, uh, 
the more I was home, the more I realized how much God has blessed my life and that I, and things that I don't think about in the, in the capacity that I did. And, um, it, it kind of, it almost makes you feel bad that you didn't appreciate it, you know, and as much as you should. Um, and that, that boosted my faith in that, you know, we get caught up in the stresses when he's given us so much. And, and so, um, that boosted my faith. And then I picked up a lot of tools that I, that I didn't have, you know, apps and books and, and things that I, I found to fill my spare time and, and ways that I could keep up um, the time that I, the personal time that I spend with God every day uh, that, that grew tremendously, you know, my repertoire of things I use to, to stay in it and and not have that excuse of, Oh, well, I, you know, I don't have my Bible with me or, Oh, well, I don't have my devotional with me or, Oh, well, I don't have, well, you know, now I don't have that excuse. I got it on my phone, my iPad, my laptop, my, you know, my desk at home, my desk at work. my So it gave me time to find some things. And we found some, you know, online churches that were a couple of days a week and we've streamed those. And, and so, um, as far as the time spent there, found some new tools there, but it was really that self-reflection of, of realizing how much, how much I've got going for me in my life, you know, and how, how blessed I am to have those things, uh, that force to, to make you slow your life down was the, was the biggest blessing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more with that, that sometimes just, I think we all need just a little bit of slowing down and, kind of makes you reinforces what's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you talked about, you know, when your son was born, y'all were making a deep, a deep run. And so going into the 2020 season, expectations were high. Um, Y'all dealt with some early COVID issue in the season. And, but, you know, getting the playoffs and unfortunately it didn't go the way y'all planned it, you know, had an early exit from the playoffs, which was tough. So, Talk about, you know, those high expectations and then falling way short of your goal. I mean, every team starts the season with the goal to win the championship. But, I mean, y'all had a realistic chance to to make a run. So talk about seeing that end way early and, you know, and, and how how you lean on your faith during that time and maybe, you know, seeing how God used that, you know, to for something good. Yeah, Um so, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, expectations were high and there was a lot of buzz around us. And, um, you know, that, that ups that expectation and, uh, you know, a lot of that talk, any, any time the main, uh, you know, state contenders or state championships or state, you know, whatever it's, uh, it's an expectation that people that people have to be realistic about, and that most I think most people aren't when they when they use those words. You know, um, that was a word that we tried to keep out of our mouth around the kids and around each other. Uh, we tried not to to talk about it because we knew, you know, if you get your you get your eyes too far down the road, you're going to trip on the rock in front of you. You know, and so we didn't we didn't want to hit a road bump in the way on the way there because we didn't look at that close enough and and so we really tried to avoid the focus getting off of whoever it was that week and and I think we did a good job of that um but uh 
you know, my point, my point there is that year before was, it was a different football team. We had, we had different kids. We, you know, we brought our coaching staff all but one back, you know, and, and so that always helps. Um, but any way you shake it, we, we had a new football team coming back. And, and so when people were already immediately buzzing about that, um, you know, as a coach, you're sitting there realistically and you're like, man, we lost. I mean, we, we got two offensive weapons that went on to play division one football. And we, I mean, we, we, we lost some pretty big pieces, you know, that we, we had to find some answers on and, and our kids did a great job of rising to that occasion. And some guys took those jobs and ran with them. And, and, you know, we didn't skip much of a beat for most of the season. We went undefeated through the regular season and through district for the first time in forever here. Um, and then we hit the playoffs and we knew the playoff road was going to be tougher than it was the year before. Um, you know, we had several Corpus Christi schools drop down from 5A to 4A Division One. A couple of those were deep runs in 5A the year before. Um, and, the, I mean, Corpus Christi Miller, who beat us, we knew they were they were high-flying, scored a ton of points, and, and – and they and had you know a quarterback that was that was pretty highly touted and, and we knew we knew what we were coming up against you know nobody nobody snuck up on us that we showed up that night and 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 Miller hit it on the right night and and anytime your season ends um, in a matter of less than a yard it's it doesn't feel good you know and and it hurts and it it turns that morning period that I talked about earlier up a notch, you know, it, it, it's just that much harder. And especially when you look at the playoff brackets in, in several divisions and there's teams that you already beat that year, they're still playing and, and that hurts, you know? And so uh, all the credit in the world to that Miller team that beat us, they were good. And, and all the credit in the world to our guys, cause they fought and it was, it was a fun one for anybody that didn't lose, you know, it was, it was a fun one to watch. It was, it was a fun one to be a part of. And when you reflect on it now and you think about the game as it was unfolding, I mean, it was as good of a football game as you're ever going to see. It was, it was fun, but it, you know, somebody's got to lose. And then we were the ones that did. And, it, and that, that, sucks it's a hard pill to swallow it and from there uh you know i i think our our community did a really good job of of not making it any harder on us you know there was a there was a lot of parents and a lot of fans that were um still extremely supportive and and were were very thankful and you know, I don't think people realize how much that helps a coach in that period of time. It helps the coaches. It helps the players when, you know, you're not harping on a play call or harping on a, on a turnover or harping on a mistake that was made. And you just thank, just thank them. You know, if, if it, even if it's not me, thank a coach, thank, thank, thank the players. Um, Cause there's no, I don't think there's ever been a team that lost that wanted to lose. And, and so um, that, that helped tremendously. And then, you know, faith wise, it, it, it was, you know, not very much different than when the, when the COVID stuff hit, you know, it's, it, and it happens every year that you make the playoffs. It's a blessing and a curse. Cause you don't know when it's going to end. 
And so when it does end, it's like a sucker punch, you know, it, you don't know what's coming. And so losing there, it, it takes some recoil and, and some reflection and, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, one of my favorite quotes, I, I had a, I had a guy tell me one time that, uh, that he really doesn't think God cares who wins and loses football games. And so in that reflection, that was part of it was, you know, he, he knew we were going to lose that game <laughs> before we showed up, but it didn't change anything for me and him. You know, it, it didn't change anything for, for anybody involved in their relationship with him. And at the end of the day, that's bigger than anything that happens to you. And so um, coming out of that, there's some comfort there that, you know, it, it was meant to shake out that way. It just was, you know, and it doesn't make it any easier, but it it does uh, give you some confidence that, you know, why ever that happened, it happened and it was supposed to happen and, and, and you move on. And so yeah. it just took some time to get to that. That's a good perspective, though, because, you know, especially in, in coaching, it, identity oftentimes is in success, wins and losses, right? And so, but to have the perspective that you just talked about, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a relationship-driven business with, with result-driven consequences. You know, it, they want you to love on the kids and be good to the kids. And at the end of the day, you can be as good to those kids as you want. If you lose, you lose, and you're probably getting fired, you know? And yeah. so it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a hard, hard business to balance because it's, like I said, it's relationship driven, but at the end of the day, you find out there's not a lot of loyalty other than those guys that are in the room with you, those guys that are, that are punching with you, you know? And so, you know, luckily, like I said, we were blessed to have a community that, that was pretty supportive of us regardless, but it was tough. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned the word balance. Um, I want to ask you kind of a different context though, but using the word balance, the demands of a coach pretty high. So how do you balance that with being a husband and a dad? I think that's the hardest part of being a coach. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever talked to a coach that didn't, uh, struggle with that and struggle with the feeling of, um, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm not you know, I'm not home with my kids like other dads are. I'm not home with my wife like other husbands are. And um, I think the first big step of that is finding finding a coach's wife, which they are not uh, built the same <laughs> as mm-hmm. as uh, every wife. It is a hard job for them um, to go several months every year, uh, you know, basically on your own for a lot of that time. Uh, cause no matter how well you try to balance it, the hours never balance. And, um, so as far as, as far as balancing that, I think the way, the best way you can balance it is just when you're a coach, be a coach, when your dad, be a dad, and when your husband, be a husband, uh, leave, leave work at work and, and you have to leave home at home when you go to work, uh, that, you know, you can't let any of that carry over to, how you coach, um, and, and how you teach, you know, frankly, if you're having a bad, bad day at home, bad evening at home, and you carry that with you into the field house, it's going to affect, um, what you give those kids. And, and so 
it's important to break it up and to and to leave it as cut and dry as you can. And I'm not I'm not saying there's not time that I that I watch film when I'm at home. I've tried to limit that the past couple years to after the kids are in bed or mm-hmm. after my wife's in bed and and does that make me lose sleep? Sure, but it doesn't make them lose me. And so mm. um at the end of the day it's just figuring out how to um how to turn that on and off. And that's hard sometimes, you know, I'll, there's plenty of times I'm home and all of a sudden I have to run across the house and, and grab a sheet of paper and make sure our alignment's right, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, whatever it may be, see if this coverage is going to fit this, this, uh, this pattern better or, or concept better, you know, it, it'll pop in my head off and on. Um, and so it, it's hard to turn that off, but it's really about being present that, you know, be where your feet are and be, be present in the moment and don't, uh, don't carry that over to the house. Yeah, that's good because I mean, that's true, not just with coaches. It is more true in coaching because of, you know, the, the time away, but, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with, um, that whole, when you're home, be home. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so that that that's a that's a good reminder. So let me ask you, um, this is more a question for like advice or encouragement. So a lot of our listeners are coaches or student athletes, you know, understanding the platform of athletics. What would you say to that coach or student athletes that's listening that wants to use their platform with a little more boldness in their faith? How would you encourage them to do so? Um, I mean my my big deal and, and it's actually I really I really like this question and the timing for me you know we had FCA yesterday and that was a big uh topic uh, you know we had a student lead the lead the message and and she talked about how she talked about that struggle of of being bold and and how it's it's not very comfortable um sometimes and um uh, so my, you know, my advice, I think, is that when you're struggling about whether or not you should or when you, if you're struggling about, you know, do I have that conversation? Do I bring it up? Do I make it an everyday thing? Do I make this a part of how I coach? Do I make this a part of um, of my relationship with those kids or those relationship with those coaches? Um, it, uh, you know, do it. Just just do it. God, God put us here to be, to be uncommon and he put us here to be different. And, and so if it's because not everybody does it that way, or if it's because you're worried about backlash or you're worried about the consequences, he put us here to be different and he put us here to be bold and he put us here to, to be all those things. And that's what we preach to our kids to be. You know, you, you preach to kids to be a different athlete. You, you teach your kids to, to, to set themselves apart from others. And that's, that's what you're doing. I mean, that's, it, it doesn't matter that, you know, uh, other people aren't Christian or don't think you should be that, that that's, we weren't, we weren't called here to be the same as everybody else. We weren't, we weren't told to conform. We weren't told to do those things we were actually explicitly told not to do that. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when you have that struggle and you feel uncomfortable, it's, it's different is uncomfortable. And that's what we were called here to be. And so, 
um, you know, my, my encouragement comes, comes straight from him. You know, don't, don't conform because that's what you feel like you should do. You, you be you because that's who you were put here to be. And, and so, you know, whatever that looks like for everybody is different. You know, for some people, it's just putting the scripture on your, on your wrist tape as an athlete. For some people, it's putting it on your eye black. For some people, it's saying the prayer for the game. For some people, it's, it's having that conversation of, Hey man, you know, you want to go to church with us? Hey man, you, you want to do whatever, or, or let's just talk about Jesus for a minute. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it looks different for everybody. And so whatever that is for you, whatever you think your thing is there, do that. You know, it, it's what we were put here to do. So have confidence and, and understand that, uh, you can't be wrong in doing that. That's good stuff. Um, just a reminder of why we're here, you know, and that is our priority. So is there, you know, a lot of people have a favorite Bible verse or a life verse, um, do you have one of those or perhaps is there a scripture that, you know, God has used in your life recently that you'd share? Um, that, that's such a hard question for me. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've got a few that I probably use more than others, but, um, you know, as far as recently, I think there's been, uh, some things I've, I, I did, um, over that quarantine time, I did a study of acts. That was just one Mm. that I hadn't really, that was one that I hadn't, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with, um, you know, growing up and, and that, that I I just didn't know a whole lot about, you know, and I knew some stories from it and I knew some scriptures from it, but I, I'd never really sat down and and, and placed a focus on acts and I just kind of wanted to, I didn't, you know, and I say that, Anytime you you get that inkling of you just kind of want to, it's it's probably because God wants you to. And so, absolutely, um, you know, I got into it, and and the story of Stephen and Acts was one that um, has stuck with me a little bit. You know, and and Stephen was given he was given the power to to perform miracles and to and to preach, and then eventually he was killed because he wouldn't turn away from it you know, he wouldn't turn his back on, on his faith. And, um, to me, that spoke to me as a coach. Um, not that I was given power to, you know, do all of these huge, wondrous, supernatural things, but that I was given this platform that I was given and, and that I, that I I should run with that every day, you know, like, and, and, you know, as, just a story that that really uh hit home for me because even though I try to be that every day I don't know that I do as good on some days as I do on others and and it was just one that like that you know Stephen was willing to die for what he believed in and and what he was called here to do and so I should approach every day that way and with that fierceness and with that uh confidence of of that, you know, that's what I was put here to do. And I shouldn't do that with any type of questioning or doubt. And, and so that's one that's, that's stuck with me. Uh, John twelve twenty seven is another one that stuck with me. And, and that verse basically says that, um, you know, my soul is troubled. And, and so, you know, what do I, what do I say now? Do I ask, do I ask God to, to, you know, Lord, to help me get through this time? 
Um, and essentially it was, it was that questioning of, you know, what, what do I say when my soul's troubled and, and, and really it's not that it's, it's to ask God to glorify himself in that moment and, and not to get you through that time because God, God puts you in that time. He, he knew you were going to go through this. He knew you were going to do this. He, and he knows that you're going to get through it. He is, he, that, that he doesn't put you in things that he can't get you out of. That's not the point. He's, he knows your path before you take it. And so, um, it's, it's that reassurance of, you know, I'm, I'm not here for, for me to be troubled. I'm not here for me to have a hard time. I'm here so that he can show me him and get me through it, you know? And so, um, that was one that just struck me that I, that I ran across in, in one of my devotionals, I, I guess it was probably two or three weeks ago or so. And at that point in time, it just really, uh, struck me that that was, that that was how I should approach those moments. It's not a, it's not a ask for help through something. It's a ask them to do, ask him to do something great with it. That's good. I love um, studying the book of Acts. I actually went through it la- a year ago, this last January. And yeah, that, that story, um, I've read it, the book, a couple of times in the last three or four years. And that story of Stephen, you're right. I mean, it just really, it always gets me um, just because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's convicting. It's, um, it's just a great reminder. I love it. Now, now I want to go back and read it again. It's been a, a little <laughs> while. <laughs> so I had to close it out um, with this. So two words in sports, all in. I mean, we don't have to talk about it. It's, it's T-shirts, chin straps, wristbands. It's uh, locker room signs. It's everywhere. But it's also, you know, all over the Gospels, when you, when you look at the life of Jesus, he was very clear that if you're going to be a follower of his you know, it's deny yourself, take up your cross, you know, so in essence, all in. So I like to ask this from a practical sense, though. What does it look like on a daily basis for you, Tanner, to be all in in your walk? Yeah, and, and um, you know, I've been I've been thinking about this since you sent me the the, you know, kind of outline deal that I've been thinking about what that you know, what does that mean? And it, and it's kind of hard to put into words it, it, as, as simple as it should be. I mean, it, it means what it is that you're, you're all in, but the flip side of that is that none of you is out. And, and that's kind of the, the part that catches me a little better than, than all in. And like you said, it's on chin straps, it's on helmets, it's on stickers, it's on walls, it's on posters, it's on, you know, a lot of things athletically. Um, and, and I think the important part to understand is that that means that none of you is out. And, and um, you know, we, we talk about it with our guys all the time in that be a good teammate all the time. And that doesn't just mean when you're on the field, that doesn't just mean when you're in the field house, when you're in the weight room, when you're in the film Room. that means what are you doing on the weekend is what you're doing on the weekend conducive to us winning is is what you're doing on the weekend 
is that going to get you in some kind of trouble and why it stops? And that's where the all in catches me. And, and the other part of it that I think is important does not require that you're perfect all the time. Um, it, it's not that you never falter. It's just that you're always trying, you know, and we've, and we've got, we've got a saying in our program that is your best is good enough. And, and, and that's a point blank period. If you are, if you are giving your best and it doesn't work out, it was still good enough. That's that you, you gave us everything you had. And I think it's important, you know, when you talk about being all in and with your, with your walk with him, it's, um, it's that it, it doesn't require perfection. That's not, that's not what he expects of you. Um, he, you know, and, and it's also not a, um, a game of chase. And, and that where, that's where I think, I think early in my faith, um, I was wrong. It was that I saw God as this, is this chase for perfection and this, I'm trying to catch him. I'm trying to be, like him so much that that I have it's it's like you're trying to be good enough for him and and that's not the cat you're good enough that's that he he died for you because you are good enough and Mm. so you it's not it's not a it's not a um it's not a proving ground it's it's not it that that's not what it is it's a walk with him he's moving at your pace with you through everything and when you stumble, he slows down. He's with you. And, and you're going to stumble. You're not going to be perfect. And that doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian. And I think we uh, don't talk about that enough. People don't show their faults enough. And I think mm. that's, that's a big part of understanding being all in is that all in doesn't mean that you never falter. It doesn't mean that you never stumble. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, and I'm blessed to have a guy like, you know, like Logan in my life. That's a, he, he's a great guy to lean on and, and he can lean on me. It's, it's an accountability deal to where when I falter, I can tell him that I faltered. I can tell mm-hmm. him that I did something wrong. And in that turn, that can reinforce him when he has done something wrong in that we're, we're not perfect. We're not a couple of perfect dudes. You know, I, I, I wear this thing on my wrist. I've got it. You know, I've got, I've got a cross tattooed on my back. I wear my cross on my neck every day. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. Like, um, yes, I'm Christian. That doesn't mean that I'm the perfect Christian all the time, but it does mean that I'm Christian all the time. And, and that's the, I think the important part of all in is understanding the flip that, that, that means you're never out but it also doesn't mean that you're all perfect. I like how you said it's not a game of chase. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the terms I guess I grew up hearing is, you know, always chasing after God, you know, chase, follow hard after God, chase hard after God, which is true, you know. Yeah. But I like how you broke that down that sometimes we can confuse that term with I'm – I'm chasing because I'm never good enough. You know, I'm chasing right. perfection. No, I think that's great. I love it because I, I love asking that question because everybody has a different way of saying it. And so I love, I, to me, that's one of my favorite questions because I get so much out of that because, like I said, I'm, I haven't heard anybody say it exactly like you just said it. So I think, I think, it's, I think it's a fun one to, to ask because it, 
you know, it causes me to think, and I, I think it, you know, I, I have to believe that it causes listeners to to pause and evaluate their own life and how they're, um, their relationship with Christ too, because it does for me. So yeah, I, I love it. Um, and it yeah. is, it's, it's one of those questions that you could get very churchy and, oh yeah, it's all in as I, I get up, I, I read my Bible, I pray and whatever. And those are good things, but you know, I like the, you know, the way you broke it down. It's, it's a true transparent, very practical way of the dangers that we can fall into the traps of trying to be perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. That's good, man. Well, good deal. Hey, I appreciate um, I appreciate you being willing to do this. Um, Logan has always spoke very highly of you, and um, so I'm glad we finally finally connected to to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you having me again. Thank you. You bet. Thank you again to Tanner for taking time to share his story and encourage me and to encourage you in our walk with Christ and just ensuring that our focus remains on what's important, and that's knowing Jesus, um, that's, that's loving Jesus, that's, that's loving others and serving others well. So thank you again to Tanner. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're not a subscriber to our podcast, I'd encourage you that whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, hit the subscribe button. There's well over 160 previous episodes that will encourage you just like this one did. So we appreciate your, your support and willingness to subscribe to the podcast and keep coming back to hear more and more stories of how the world of, of sports and faith intersects and, and also shows that everybody has a story. You have a story. I have a story. That's really the heart behind this podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And I'd ask you to share it with a family member or a friend, someone you know that may um, need some encouragement right now that perhaps this story, Tanner's testimony, would would encourage them just like it did us. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or social media. Go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. It'll take you to our, our pages. You can find out a little bit more about who we are why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, and to give. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support and encouragement.